Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Technology moves so quickly that it's literally not reality anymore. That reality is gone. I see being part of the professional workplace today includes the skill of being able to learn new technology mostly on your own and really fast. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Life isn't about comfort. It's easy to be tricked into thinking that with all the ways we humans have designed a world catering to comfort. But if you pay close attention, you'll see life doesn't seem to agree. Because life again and again comes back to bite us in the butt when we attempt to pursue lives that are all about happiness and comfort. On the other side of the coin, life almost always rewards us for choosing desirable difficulty. It may not be what we want, but it always ends up being what we need. I offer a weekly member webcast, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that, with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. I think what often happens is there's a domain confusion and a domain contamination where if a manager sees that kind of irresponsibility, not poor responsiveness, let's say, with an employee, they often make the call to go around it or supervise and take on a reminding job, right? Because they look at, oh, well, how do, how do I need to give them the work in such a way so that they're more responsive? You see, that might be something you would do with a peer, right? Oh, the guy didn't show up for lunch. What's my contribution, right? But actually in the domain of the person reporting to you, the agreement is ought, ought to be, as I suggested, is you're going to show them their blind spots. You see, that becomes a choice moment, just like Willie was saying before, comfort or courage. For most people, comfort is supervision. Okay, this employee dropped the ball. Well, how do I remind them and I'll just need to follow up more and give them the work in a way that's easier for them? That's working around the discomfort of the accountability conversation that would say, so I gave you this task a week ago. The deadline was Friday. It's Tuesday. What happened? Now, that's not just uncomfortable for the employee. That's uncomfortable for the manager too. How do I know? Because everybody avoids that conversation. Because <laughs> it's actually, in one way, it's emotionally easier to supervise and remind and be like, oh, well, sometimes people just need friendly reminders, right? That's emotionally easier, easier. even though on another level, it's way harder. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your resources. You're not actually giving them what they need. 
which is development and mentoring, which is also what surveys say people want. But you're giving them the instant gratification of not getting to, not having to feel like they're in trouble. Does anybody enjoy the feeling of being in trouble? Right. Mr. Johnson, I need to speak with you in my office. Right. Oh, no. You just got sent to the principles. Right. That's, that's dread. I call that dread. Dread is one of the most uncomfortable feelings there is because it's not that the pain is happening right now. It's that something's going to happen. It's going to be painful and it's out of your control and you don't know what it is yet. So that way the imagination can work. I hate to use the image, but it's true. But in torture uh, and, and like, you know, things military people do in torture, they use this. They use the imagination and they take a really long time. You see this in movies and TV shows. Um, it's because the, the dread of the, whatever the thing is, waterboarding or electric shocks or whatever, the, the dread of it's going to happen again and I'm out of control of when is, is actually worse than the feeling itself. And it's a lot more sustainable because you can only cause pain in someone for so long before they pass out. But that emotional torture, that's really how they get people. And we do that to ourselves when we dread, when we use our imagination. You all know this, you know, have a difficult conversation you need to have with someone tomorrow and you imagine it a hundred times before it actually happens. And it goes terribly every time in your head, right? That's self-torture. That's dread. When actually you probably need to think about it one or two or maybe three times and then wait until it happens. So self-management would be drawing a line there and saying, okay, time to turn that conversation off. We're going to focus on something else. I wanted to respond to your one of your earlier questions. Please. Um, you you uh, asked us to share if we have ideas on what we want to be working on. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I've just had the two days I've been home from a long trip and listened to the two recordings in this session so far. And, and it's not real clear to me, except that uh, two things have come up for me. Uh, one is the need for me to look at and, um, and identify my, my deepest values, which is something I think I've avoided doing for a long time. As, as you know about me, Joseph, there's a lot of things I'm interested in. And so I'm tempted by a lot of different areas. I'm yeah. proud of the fact that I made a decision a year ago to downsize my business and I, and I made the deadline. Yeah. Uh, I'm transitioning, but I also um, have made some poor choices about saying no. So I have more work in the next three months than I really want to have. But that's so I, so I, I think that's because I really haven't gotten clear on what I really want. And I think the, 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 the identifying those, those deep, and, and important values is one of those things. Uh, another one is something you mentioned earlier about um, the choosing uh, the desirable difficulty. Uh, I I know that I need a new phone, and I'm decided that I'm <laughs> I'm accepting of that. And you know, also know from me that I tend to say about new technology. Oh, I'm not afraid of new technology. I'm happy <laughs> to do it. I just want someone to tell me how to use it, so I don't have to spend my time uh, with a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking that maybe maybe I should just rather than asking my kids to advise me, maybe I should do the learning myself. That's something that I don't want to do, but if I did it, I might. That might be an example of desirable difficulty that might put me in a better position to make uh, to, to to actually implement the, whatever it is that I choose better because I've I've done the uh, the the what I call a difficult task of doing the research myself. 
Mm-hmm. So that's 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 one that's one place I'm thinking of going. That's a really interesting one that you bring up because uh, it's it's unusual in that it used to be that technology was something like you know a new piece of technology arose in society and you would learn it, someone would teach you how to use it, and then that would be it. And it wouldn't be like for six months or a year before that would happen again. And now technology moves so quickly that it's it's literally not reality anymore. That reality is gone. So whereas before the skill of learning new technology wasn't a necessary skill, now it is. So like I see being part of the professional workplace today it includes the skill of being able to learn to new technology mostly on your own and really fast. You know, it's like, you know, when I took, uh, I remember when I took my first uh, Emith job 16 years ago, it was like, okay, we use Microsoft Office and this access database that someone made. Um, you already know Office because everybody knows Office, but here's some training on how to use this database and that's it. You know, and then, you know, I took a job 15 years later and it was like, okay, we use Google Drive, we use all Google Docs, we use this piece of what we use Lucidchart, we use this and that and that and that and that and that and that. And nobody's going to train you on any of it. But if you need help, go ahead and ask this person. You know, there were so many tools and that's just how it is, right? And that's just on a, just on a desktop, not to mention what's on your phone, right? It's a totally different OS. I just had another thought lying in bed this morning, um, unable to get back to sleep. Uh, wow, this might be that opportunity to go paperless uh, with my abbreviated uh, part-time business. Beautiful. I could probably pull it off and then just store everything on Google Google Docs and uh-huh. or on Google Drive. And I'm thinking, oh, gee, wouldn't it be cool if I got audited by the IRS? And um, where is it? Oh, well, anyway, I, I was looking for my thumb drive. Uh, uh, did you bring your books and records? Oh, yeah, here it is. Uh, right. Yeah. And now you just you just uncovered something really beautiful there. And that is, okay, so there's you're starting to frame it as a desirable difficulty. Like maybe this would be good for me. And then you insert, hey, as a side result, if I could make peace with technology, I could go completely paperless and be really well organized. And that's like, if, if someone wants to go paperless, there's a certain level of comfort with technology you have to have on a really sort of existential level. Your brain has to trust that all that digitized information is safe. And that's the most upstream resistance that most people have to getting rid of all their paper because they can't see it. Where is it? What if I need it? They, their mind doesn't trust the technology. When actually the technology, especially if it's co-located somewhere and backed up, is actually way safer than the paper. Therefore, the fear of going paperless is not in reality. It doesn't make sense. I had a lot of shit accumulated over 40 years of business to move out of my my office and shop. I imagine. Which was probably about 50 boxes of paper. Yeah. And rather than throw it out, I moved it to a storage locker. Uh thinking, telling myself that, okay, I I saved it. Why? Because there's some nostalgia with it. Well, I'm going to have to deal with it eventually because eventually I'm going to be dead and it's not going to matter to anybody anyway. (laughs) So... um, are you pay rent on that storage locker? I I am, and I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, aiming to uh, get it a lot smaller. And uh, how much is the rent? Well, the rent is one hundred and eighty dollars uh, a month, but it's not just paper. It's okay. I mean, I have I have tools yeah, yeah. and 
that I don't have. I have a small home and a very small garage. So, yeah. but you could maybe downsize that storage locker and save thirty bucks a month or something. Oh, I'm hoping I can downsize it to save about uh, about forty uh, percent of it. There you go. So, see, this is the thing about desirable difficulty. If you look, there's always a reward in it. You may have to think a little bit about it. Okay, this is difficult going paperless. Well, what do I stand to gain? Because if you don't stand to gain anything, then it's probably not. It's probably just difficulty, right? There's no desirable in it. But uh, that's that's the thing to really ponder. And then, in a, in a broader sense, it's it's a way life teaches us stuff. Because if we're contracted from desirable difficulty, we're contracted from life. We're contracted from the ways in which less the ways in which life is trying to teach us lessons, because life's not about comfort. And that's just not that's not only just my opinion. That's an observation. If you think life is about comfort and the number one value is happiness and comfort, well, I wish you well. But it's my opinion, and you're not living in reality. And if you ever want to have a debate about it. I would love to do it. We'll make a webinar out of it. You can make your case that life is about being happy and comfortable. And I will point to the fact that BLTs don't grow on trees and every animal on the planet spends basically all of its time trying to not be killed to get enough to eat and to reproduce. That doesn't look comfortable. So I, I again, I always return to reality. So the assignment this week is going to be about desirable difficulties. Um, I didn't know today I was going to be talking about desirable difficulties, so um, I can't speak to it very uh, articulately right now, but it'll be up uh, by the end of the day on, on courses.clearandopen.com. But it will be about uh, finding a desirable difficulty that you've been avoiding and leaning into it in your own healthy self-interest, just like Peter was talking about. What's, what's the reward you stand to gain? Be clear about that and then turn toward it. And of course, be a good self-manager. There's such a thing as too much difficulty the same way there is such a thing as too little. Just like in management, people need to be challenged but not overwhelmed, but they need to not be caretaken either. It's about finding that sweet spot right in the middle where that which does not kill you makes you stronger. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.